live from the WILK studios in Pittston, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Sharing Recovery, first-hand stories of addiction and recovery. Recovery is possible. Sharing Recovery is sponsored by Clearbrook Treatment Center, Archstone Recovery, and Attorney Dave Akins. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. Hello and welcome to Sharing Recovery. I'm Suzanne Kelly and I'm joined by fellow host Jack Kropp who recently celebrated 19 years of recovery. Now Sharing Recovery is about help and hope and healing and we do believe that recovery is possible. We also know that too often silence equals death. Now today's topic is a little bit different. We're going to be talking about yoga in recovery. Now leading rehabilitation programs are recommending yoga as part of the recovery process. We're going to take a closer look at why and how yoga helps. Our guests are Kelly Evans, who is a yoga instructor and founder of Yoga West LLC in Scranton, and Gina Costantini, who is a psychotherapist and licensed clinical social worker. We're also joined by Carly, who includes yoga as part of her recovery. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having us. This is this is great. And and before the show, we were actually talking about, you know, what happens when you leave um, your treatment program. What do you need to do? And and the things that we need to do are are part of building a toolbox. What do you do in everyday life that can help you on your recovery journey? And yoga now is becoming quite an important tool in that toolbox. So why don't we get started and, and let's talk about actually how it came to be. Who started the, the program as far as um, you know having yoga in recovery? Um, I think it's been used in treatment programs for quite a while. There's been a yoga 12-step um, in recovery program. Um, it's been utilized in outpatients and inpatients and in community centers. You know, just as a way for people to connect, you know, their mind and their body and their breathing. Um, another alternative way in tandem with. Uh, with their programs, so whether that be through their set program, you know, their outpatient programs, it really enhances recovery, um, helping them through that healing process. getting more comfortable with themselves. Gene, it's not just after a person leaves a recovery program. There are treatment centers all over the country, right, that have incorporate yoga into the daily routine Mm -hmm. as an inpatient and in treat, inpatient treatment, right? Right, because you know there is some emphasis on creating just what you said a daily routine, right? So there's this conscious awareness that gets developed in what you're doing throughout the day. What is my lifestyle? You know, we kind of lose that a little bit, you know, through through addiction or just everyday stuff. You know, living life in 2017, we're preoccupied. We spend a lot of time in our head or just kind of uh, going through motions with some of the attachments we have to just doing things the same way we've we've always done them and we lose sight of how to take care of ourselves we don't think about that self-care is not a, a primary thing um, for us it's a secondary thing it's a when we have time to do it type of a thing and self-care which is recovery yeah. has to occur on a daily basis a daily it's basis. not something we can do once in a while or when I have a half hour right. free or when we- I don't feel well it's right. an everyday thing so we start to develop some resiliency to when life happens, right? We don't wait necessarily for when we feel sick or when we, you know, emotionally or when we feel sick physically to decide, oh my God, what do I, 
how do I take care of myself? Mm-hmm. What do I do? You know, because that's when our tendencies are going to start to emerge, right? Okay, Kelly, what about those who are listening maybe or thinking, you know, I feel so lousy about myself at is, is and yoga is very intimidating and I can't do the poses and I'm going to look foolish and I'm going to feel foolish or I'm going to hurt myself. How would you help someone get over those hurdles? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that question because I think that's a huge problem is people feeling intimidated or not flexible. I hear so much, I'm not flexible, I can't do yoga. Um, and it's never the flexibility that is the relevant relevant part of a a yoga practice and there's so many different styles of yoga so you know maybe someone's more fitnessy maybe someone's really looking for more spirituality maybe someone's looking for something really slow and gentle Um, there's so many different classes that people can get into um, just like in recovery where there's so many different types of people that you find in the recovery community there's just as many different types of yoga and you could always find one that is for you that you're comfortable with and I mean any good yoga teacher is really not going to push a student um, to any degree that they don't want to push themselves so um, once you start practicing yoga, it's an internal practice. It's with yourself. You have a teacher to teach you postures or to guide you through meditations or breathing, but you really do what you can do for yourself. Okay. So there's, it's not competitive. Right. Um, and it's, it's losing the ego and you know just dealing with yourself and what you're capable of okay now carly um you are using yoga as part of your recovery process uh yeah i am and i think what's important to mention is exactly what we just talked about so i had a very distorted way of thinking about yoga where it was like this intense workout and you have to be super good at the poses and if you're not you look kind of foolish and it was like I'm not interested in doing that because I've never done yoga before Um, and it, it was until I went to a program that forced us to do it so it was suggested that we do it and you had to do it once a week and I was very close minded about it but I had to do it so I started doing it and then I started learning that there were a lot of different types of classes I could go to and it wasn't just that hot yoga you hear about where you're sweating and in this room that's 200 degrees and you can't even breathe. It's like, I don't want anything to do with that. But then I um, opened my mind to it and learned more about it and learned that there's so many different practices and now I find that the slower paced classes that focus a lot on meditation and spirituality um, are more that fit what I need in my recovery and those are the classes I go to and I find that it just helps my emotional healing so much. Um, Recovery isn't just I stop using and I stop drinking it's I have to heal from whatever was the main reason what I was using to cover up anyway so it's been very effective. You bring up, oh I'm sorry, go ahead Jack. As we start this conversation just so our listeners have can answer I want to answer this question for our listeners because our guests today are females, but that doesn't mean that yoga isn't for men, women, children. Mm-hmm. Anybody can participate in yoga. An old fat guy like me or a young skinny girl like Kelly. Right, Kel? Mm-hmm. Anybody. I mean, and there are classes within the community specifically for kids. Um, I know that at my studio, we have, I'm going to say 50% of the class sometimes is male. Um, so 
And okay, that's. I, I just don't want listeners to tune out thinking this is an all-gal show today <laughs> and that there's nothing here for or a young man or an older man in recovery. You know, There's a lot of guys in recovery right now that are mm-hmm. you know, 60 years old and up that have been in recovery a long time. Maybe this is something they can open their minds to. Mm-hmm. And even at this point, you know, in life, you know, I'm 61 years old and, and, and thinking about this. So mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to clear up as we go here. There just to, It's interesting. Yeah, but you brought up a really good, interesting point, Jack, um, because um, for a while I did take yoga um, and I did hot yoga and it worked out very well for me. Um, that was something that, uh, that I found very, um, very good for me, spirituality and physically, et cetera. And anyway, I remember one time um, the yoga instructor... Um, said that she was out taking classes in Arizona. And this just stuck with me. And the class she was in, um, the average age was 70 years old. And it was male and female. And that blew me away because, again, that misconception of, you know, it's almost like I've got to be in shape before I go to the gym. No, that's not the case with yoga. Or I have to already be spiritual or I've got to be okay in my head. But that's not the case. And, you know, Jeannie, um, what Carly was saying was that, you know, she needed something to take care of why she was drinking, why she was using. So you've got to work on that point when you're in recovery. And you suggest you use yoga. You want your patients to use yoga as part of their overall recovery Mm -hmm. process, even if it's not specifically drug or alcohol related. Absolutely. You know, because our, our, you know, our addictions, our attachments to things, our, our behaviors are like the ultimate checking out process, right? That's, that's the way to check out. And this is a way to check in. Um, This is a way to check in with ourselves and, recognize that we can be in the moment we can be uncomfortable and be okay Mm -hmm. we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and that's good right do you have classes or are there classes specifically for individuals in recovery or is it just kind of somebody who just kind of comes in and you know it's both so um right now there is a class specifically for recovery um on the schedule every sunday night but I also have a crew of people in recovery that don't partake in that class, but they'll they'll come throughout the week just in, in regular classes. So you can go in whatever direction you're comfortable so with. So if you have a class that is that has individuals in recovery, is that different from another class or, or do you do anything um, differently than you would in a, in a standard yoga class? So there are um, yoga for... Uh, recovery for people who are in recovery to come together and experience yoga so whether that be a vinyasa class or a hatha class or a restorative class it's just people coming together and developing a relationship with yoga and trying it out and feeling comfortable knowing like all right this is for um, our community and feeling a little bit more comfortable walking through the door then there are very specific programs that are developed um, to bring in the language you know of the 12 steps of recovery um and specific postures that align with that, right? So there's a purpose. There's a, um, like a curriculum mm-hmm. with it. Okay. And Probably, you mean, you, I'm sorry. You mean there's, there's in, in recovery, there's 12 <laughs> steps. Yes. There are yoga situations for each one of these 12 steps? Yeah. So you would find, um, you know, f- for say your, your first three steps, which is the root you know, developing your root and recovery where you're going to do more rooting postures, right? And your breathing and your meditating are going to be um, to encourage that stability, 
right, to address the unmanageability of life, right? So when you're tying all of that into to your practice, people start developing a relate their own personal relationship with it, you know? So you're breathing, um, you know, inhaling, your inhaling and your exhales are aligned with affirmations that go along with those steps. And that that's just a different way than just discussing it. So it's not just the cognitive piece that you're gonna get from a meeting, right? Now, this other program that's in tandem is more the somatic piece. Mm-hmm. Here I am now doing the physical work. Hmm. Carla, you're shaking your head. You wanted to add something. Yeah, I think what's important to point out is in a program of recovery, it's like, harped upon that you need some type of relationship with a higher power um, which I think we can discuss when we get back from break. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Since 1972, Clearbrook Treatment Center has been providing successful treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. Clearbrook's medical program provides round-the-clock care and treatment from a licensed and specialized medical team. Clearbrook's approach to addiction is largely based upon the proven practices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pastoral services are available to patients seeking spiritual guidance. Call Clearbrook today at 570-260-2600. Are you or a family member in need of a lawyer? Has someone you know been charged with a crime, injured in an accident, or through poor medical care, going through a divorce or child custody dispute? You need a lawyer with experience and credentials who will aggressively protect your rights. You need attorney Dave Akins. I know when my family and I needed legal help, we turned to Dave. So should you. Call 570-714-4001. Archstone Recovery Center of the Palm Beaches provides addiction treatment centered within a small, personal, community-type setting. For nearly two decades, Archstone has helped thousands suffering from alcohol and chemical dependencies recover and regain control of their lives. Archstone's medical, clinical, and support staff provide the highest level of professional treatment and individualized care. Call Archstone Recovery Center at 855 855- Welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. And welcome back to Sharing Recovery. We are uh, talking today about yoga in recovery. And before the break, Carly, you were talking about your your personal experience as, as having yoga part of your recovery process. Right. So I was just um, going to touch on that in a program of recovery, um, it's really, really important to have some type of relationship with a higher power. Um, whatever you may choose to call your higher power is is what you choose. It could be the universe, it could be God, it could be, you know, whatever you choose. But what what the difference is in just working a program of recovery and going to these recovery meetings and then adding the yoga piece is where I get connected in spirituality. So I go to meetings and I talk about what's going on and then I hear, you need to be connected to a higher power. Well, how do I do that? Um, 
you know, I have a concept of a higher power, but how do I get closer to that higher power? And then I go attend a yoga class and I, I do the poses and then maybe a short meditation at the end and then my Shavasana and then I feel a lot closer to my higher power. So for me, that's how I really connect spiritually. And that's a huge piece of recovery. I mean, a lot of people will say you won't recover if you don't have a connection with a higher power or some type of spiritual basis. And, and that's a good point because um, when you say higher power, a lot of... Um I would hear is I'm not doing the God thing. You know right, what I mean? And, right, and really, right. that's what they would say mm-hmm. to me is you're not doing the God thing. I'm not doing the God thing. We're not doing the God thing. And, and it doesn't have to be God per se. It can right. be spirituality. Like you said, it could be the universe. But the whole thing is in recovery, understanding that there's something more out there than you. Right. There's and a I think, bigger picture. And we all fit into this bigger picture. Right. And it's actually interesting because... I think there's a misconception that the only way you're spiritual is if you attend maybe a church or whatever, um, a synagogue or something like that. Um, It's funny because the person who owned and ran um, the recovery home I lived at referred to going to yoga class as going to church. So you can base it on however you feel. If you feel like you're getting close to your spiritual axis and you're going to yoga, that's your church and that's okay. It's very personalized and individualized and uh, it took me some time to change my mindset around it, but once I did, it's like this whole new world of uh, connection to my higher power opened and I couldn't be more grateful for that. Okay. Kelly, how long have you been doing programs for those in recovery? Um, the recovery program at the studio actually just started about two months ago. Okay. And um, how did you get the word out? I mean, this is this is something that's that's pretty new in our area, mm-hmm. um, having specific programs for those in recovery. Mm-hmm. So is this something that you just kind of put out there maybe on your Facebook or on your webpage? We or? did put it on Facebook okay. as an event. Um, the teacher for that class actually works with Gina okay. at the right center. So they were helping promote the class as well. Um, so yeah, and it went over really, really well. We threw it on just as a series to see if it would pick up and everyone loved it that came. So we just were leaving it on the schedule now as a regular scheduled class. That's awesome. Gina, mm-hmm. is it possible you can give us an example, and I don't know if it is, of like the second step Mm-hmm. All right. How how can you give us an example of how that works? Yoga and the second step. Well, the first and second step. So you you know you have admit, admitting powerless overness over alcohol. You know your life is unmanageable. Your second step. You know you believe um, in a power greater than yourself, so you can restore restore um, your sanity. And then there's step three, which is the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him, right? So when you take that, you know, unmanageability piece and you start thinking about a rooting practice, right? And you think about what kind of is in that that space of uh, of rooting, you know, your your those what energy does that mean, flows. A rooting practice? Grounding yourself. You know, instead of being kind of often an anxiety world, mm-hmm. right? Where everything's unmanageable, your home, um, your health. Your health is unmanageable. Your relationships, right? You start thinking about what's unmanageable and then we start thinking about our uh, energy flow in our body, opening ourselves up to really receive some of the messages from recovery. I need to be open to receive that. That's where yoga kind of comes in and meditation is opening ourselves up to receive those messages so we can deal with 
what is unmanageable in our life. So then we start coming in with postures that are grounding, you know, our warrior postures, you know, where we're grounding in a stability, um, where we're seated postures, where our hands are on the floor and that energy flow is coming in. And people are, when we're using the language throughout the, the practice, people are really connecting with that. And it's applicable to what's going on in their life, right? So all that matters to me at that moment is what's going on on my mat. I really don't have this awareness as to what's going on with the person here in the front of the room. And then we have our guide, you know, the, the teacher that's there just guiding, guiding us through that. Um, when we're talking about connecting our breath with our movement, you know, we are inhaling our into our higher power, right? And we're exhaling what's we're powerless over. And that's going to be very personal for me um, versus what you know, Kelly might get on the mat or Carly might get on, on the mat. So that's how we're tying it all together because we can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And as a therapist, we do a lot of talking, but at some point it just maximizes benefit for the person who's sitting there because they have the awareness now. Now what do I do with that awareness? Mm -hmm. I get it, you know, what's next? You made a point that, that I encounter a lot in the rooms of AA. I mean, uh, recovery. Right. Um, People pray and pray and pray. You know, you're supposed to contact the, uh, a higher power. You're supposed to have a relationship with a higher power. And people say all the time to me, oh, but I prayed and, and I'm not getting any answers. I prayed and, and I'm not getting what I thought I was going to get. And I often tell people, you have to stop praying sometimes and you have to stop and listen. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to open your mind to hear the answer because I truly believe my higher power answers every prayer. Sometimes... Ignoring the prayer is the answer. Sometimes the answer is no, and I don't want to hear it. Sometimes the answer will come in a, in a time frame different than what I want. But I have to be open. Kelly, how do you get me to open my mind like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think part of the, the process of going through a yoga practice is... Um, finding these spaces within your practice that you're not really comfortable and you are avoiding um, and forcing yourself to sit in them. So if we're talking uh, the, a physical yoga practice, then you know, you're know you in, maybe it's a grounding posture like Gina was talking about and you don't feel grounded. So you're very uncomfortable there. Um, the process of sitting with that and learning how to breathe through it um, I feel is where that opening starts and now you're beginning to really listen and internalize and not try to avoid and um, move into a different space whether it be in your mind or your physical body and we come back to one of my first questions and, and this could be anyone can do this you know there, there are people listening right now they're saying well, what are they talking about they're, that's so far out of reach for me yeah, that unless you're 22 years old and have come from a spiritual world you don't understand this it it, is, you can help anyone right. get from where they're at to a more enlightened right. position because like mm -hmm. I said it's you're not focusing on what everyone else is is doing in that room you're re like learning how to focus on what's going on with you right that's that conscious awareness piece so it's for anybody any shape any size any age um, and doesn't matter 
Because in this world, we're so worried about what somebody else is doing, what kind of car somebody else has, what kind of yoga pants that girl's wearing. Oh, absolutely. Who looks better in the yoga pants? But that's not, we we have to get our mind to go, not go there and go somewhere else. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have to take another quick break. Thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Archstone Recovery Center of the Beaches provides addiction treatment centered within a small, personal, community-type setting. For nearly two decades, Archstone has helped thousands suffering from alcohol and chemical dependencies recover and regain control of their lives. Archstone's medical, clinical, and support staff provide the highest level of professional treatment and individualized care. Call Archstone Recovery Center at 855 899-2292. Since 1972, Clearbrook Treatment Center has been providing successful treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. Clearbrook's medical program provides round-the-clock care and treatment from a licensed and specialized medical team. Clearbrook's approach to addiction is largely based upon the proven practices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pastoral services are available to patients seeking spiritual guidance. Call Clearbrook today at 570-260-2600. If you or someone you know needs a lawyer, what should you look for? Excellence, experience, integrity. Attorney Dave Akins has all of those qualities. Whether it's a criminal case, a personal injury matter, medical negligence, or a divorce, Dave will fight for you. I know from personal experience. Call 570-714-4001. This is WYLK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet Buick GMC. Online at SherwoodChevrolet.com. Welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. And welcome back to Sharon Recovery. We're talking today about yoga in recovery. And Kelly, I want to to ask you and also Gina, if you could chime in on this as well, that this is not a replacement for a recovery program. This is, again, a tool for the toolbox. Um, That's something that's important to emphasize. Correct. Okay. So so when you're using this as part of your toolbox, um, is there anything else that you see that individuals, those in recovery, are getting from the class? I mean, are you getting the feedback that you anticipated? Does some of the feedback surprise you? What are, What's some of the comments that you would get from individuals in recovery who, who are taking yoga as part of their, uh, their program? I think it, in the awareness of taking that step in, you know, where they've never um, thought about themselves in that way. You know, there was... I don't know how to take care of myself. And it's so practical. And I can do this and I can do it anywhere. It doesn't require anything. Um, and then feeling like that kind of spins off into healthier choices in other areas of their life. You know, you start to wake up in the morning and, and you get someone to just kind of buy into the idea of sitting for two minutes and saying mantra, positive affirmation, right? And then all of a sudden that turns into, well, what was the, what was it about a sun salutation? And that's a show me how to do that and, and how to breathe and then and that's turning into that and all of a sudden then that aligns their day and they'll say, you know, I didn't wake up and I didn't get out of bed and I didn't uh, start thinking about how my day was gonna go wrong and I didn't think about everything that was wrong in my life. I stopped, I created space, like Kelly you know, said. I set my intention and it just sort of traveled with me for the rest of the day and I felt different, I felt lighter. I started making um, 
better choices for myself. So instead of mindlessly going throughout the day, just shoving whatever in my face, I kind of ate real food for once and recognized that I was eating real food, you know, and I hadn't done that before. Um, so there's all these small shifts and changes that ultimately add up to people connecting more with themselves. Um, being in the moment instead of trying to escape it all of the time or getting stuck in their head and being able to be truthful with themselves. And, and that, you know, does align with a lot with, with the 12 steps is that rigorous, I need to be truthful with myself. And how could you be truthful with yourself if you're not in the moment and paying attention to what's going on and recognizing what's going on right now? You, like, you seem to be reading my mind at this point because that was the next question I had for you. In the 12 steps of recovery, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people fail at recovery because they come to the fourth step where we have to do a self-examination and they're so afraid uh, of doing that. How, how, how does yoga help me do that fourth step? So I think that um, fourth step is probably one of the hardest steps you come to because it's really time to dig deep down and kind of find all the demons inside and fight them off and heal from them, right? So I come to this step and I'm like, afraid out of my mind to face it because I don't know how to deal with emotions without using drugs and alcohol and that's what I'm trying to do now. So it's a real question of how do I do that? And part of what I gained from practicing yoga was that one, it's okay to feel my feelings, whether they're negative, positive, or indifferent. It's okay to feel them. It's important to feel them and not shove them away. And then beyond that, how do I deal with them, especially if they're negative feelings? Well, now that I have a practice of yoga, I know how I can breathe through uncomfortable feelings. I know how I can accept in a feeling and go with it, again, whether it's positive or negative. And so the practice of yoga for me doesn't just happen in class. It happens all day, every day. It, it could happen at work when I'm feeling stressed out. It's time to take a minute and breathe. Um, it's time to put on a, a meditative song and sit there for two minutes and take a break. And these are all things I've learned from yoga. Right. It's not about eliminating, you know, the, being human. We're human. Um, it's about having a feeling, even if it's an uncomfortable feeling and not immersing ourselves in it, not drowning in it. I can have the feeling. I can sit with it. I can breathe through it. But I'm, it's not coming to define what my life is, who I am, what happens next, what my day is going to be like, how I'm going to feel physically, how I'm going to relate to others. That's when we start immersing ourselves in the feeling and uh, not seeing a, a way out of it. So this is a way to create a little bit of space. It doesn't need to be a block of time. It, it's an hour, two hours, because that's not practical for people in life. You know, it's not. It could be just that moment of taking a breath and breathing and in. in a space, two minutes, in transition from one activity to the next, just stopping and checking in with yourself. Okay. Kelly, um, as far as your classes now, when are your classes held for yoga and recovery if, if individuals want to come together as a class? They're on Sunday nights at 5.30. They're on Sunday nights at 5.30. Mm -hmm. And is that weekly? Yep. Okay, Every and week. then you see that continuing um, throughout 2018. So this is something yes. that is going to continue. One of the things that, that I think about um, is people may be put off or they don't understand the, the, the financial cost of a yoga class. And are there, any, are there any circumstances, and I don't know the answer to this, I'm throwing it out there, is, is can yoga be covered by any type of insurance? Or is that not yet recognized as, as something that falls under... Uh, being covered by insurance. When when you're running like for a studio-based um, 
program. I don't know of any insurance companies that cover that. I mean, we're just getting to like where insurance companies will cover like massage and stuff like yes. the things, you know. Um, as far as people who are in behavioral health, uh, running groups is a great way to incorporate a lot of this stuff because, you know, you have part of it is that that discussion is the piece of, you know, the connecting, the education, um, the sharing, and then there's the practice, which is very important. And that's where you can kind of integrate that. Um, and insurance companies will cover that, you know, as far as running a group, running a, a, a counseling group. But for individuals who are looking for some financial support to help get them into classes. A lot of these programs um, are donation-based, if you can find them in the community. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah also, gonna... when we first ran the recovery series at the studio, um, we charged what we would charge any general series, but then we put an added pay-what-you-can option mm -hmm. um, for people that could not afford because it can get expensive. Yeah. Um, so there were other options for people that couldn't handle paying the series fee um, and we'll continue for the recovery class to run it that way okay so if there are individuals listening now who are interested in coming to your studio and you're located where in scranton in west scranton you're so you're located in west scranton and mm -hmm. what is your website our website is yogawestpa.com yogawestpa.com and then you're also on facebook yes. is that correct yep. and what is your user id for um yoga west yoga west yep. perfect yep. so so you can have those who are interested in coming to your studio mm -hmm. and taking the yoga recovery classes we um they don't have to let their lack of financial ability um deter no. them from participating no and i mean another really great thing about yoga is even if you were to come to a few classes just to get and a general idea of some of the postures. Even myself and so many other teachers and, and other um, students in the community have home practices. So you don't necessarily even have to go to a class. I mean, it's nice to. Um, of course, I want everyone to come to my studio. Sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, in the event that it wasn't feasible, whether it be due to finances or just life, I mean, we have, you know, kids and families and jobs and um, you can always practice a home practice when you have time for free. And Kelly, when we started out, you, you said that your, um, your yoga uh, classes for recovery were new. Mm -hmm. But yoga is not new in recovery, is it? No. Mm -hmm. Tell us, because I mean, outside this area, I, I'm sure that it's much larger and much more recognized. But mm -hmm. tell us about that. Yeah, so I don't, um, when I was first um, even thinking of wanting to do something, I personally have a family member in recovery um, and she actually had to leave the area to stay in recovery. She, it was just not working for her every time she came back. Um, so she ended up moving to Florida and I would go down a few times a year to visit with her and I got very involved in yoga and she was like, oh my God, they're doing this in my rehabilitation center. And I'm like, this needs to happen everywhere. This will be so beneficial. I mean, outside of that experience, um, I don't know a lot about 
the recovery programs outside of this area and what well, they do. I didn't mean it that way. I just meant I, I want the, the listeners to realize that this isn't something that you just thought up last oh, week. No. You know, that like you said one day, you woke up one day and said, I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. I mean, yoga is an integral part of recovery all over the world. Mm-hmm. It's thousands of years year old practice and right. it is has been considered a, a um, almost like a, a a medicine, you know, for people, an, an alternative way to heal. So whether that's healing, you know, you're emotionally, physically, whatever it might be. So this isn't a new concept at all. You know, I think we're giving it a name now and it's becoming um, where, you know, Western psychology and Western um, medicine is incorporating a lot of these, you know, Eastern practices because it's it helps us support good health. Um, I don't think it's anything new. I think the area here, mm-hmm. you know, is we're starting to get more comfortable talking about it mm-hmm. and making it accessible to right. people. It's You're not opening just a, the Northeast to something right. that that they haven't seen Correct. before, Correct. and and this is in, it's actually in its infancy here, right. mm-hmm. and, and this is a it's going to be a major tool to help people with recovery. We're going to mm-hmm. and, and we're really um, about you know collaboration. This isn't something that you know we want to say it's, it's our way or this right. person's way or anything you know we're going to be collaborating with other studios like you know the zen shop at the yoga fix and the right center as a, a clinical uh entity to allow people to to be able to participate in this you know we're going to bring yoga for sobriety is that specific program um for addiction uh, to the area and that'll be um based off of the curriculum I was talking to you about before with aligning um, the postures and the sequencing with the 12 steps and using the language so it's a little more comfortable for um, people who want to really use it um, in that in that way could you share some more of the steps I know we went one through four um, and I know that Carly was was um, very open and honest about saying that, that you know step four is really looking at yourself and taking mm-hmm. a hard look at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and whatever feelings are coming up those are your feelings and you should yeah. be you, should, you know you got to get comfortable right. eventually with what those so, feelings are so what are the rest of the steps so you know it we break it down into um, you, all of the steps are covered and they align them in the yoga for sobriety particular align them with our those subtle energies in our in our system which is the yoga um, concept of the chakras so say say steps one through three would be um, your first your root chakra and that's how we would you know, develop the sequence, develop the affirmations, develop the, the meditations to all support that so you can just run through the the steps and have a practice that goes along with it and whether that be done in a class or stuff you can be doing at home um and i think it's important that we talk about uh step 11 which blatantly says right there sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with god as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for Mm -hmm. us and the power to carry that out so that's a real fancy way of saying i'm going to be present aware mm-hmm. and um, spiritual mm-hmm. but how do I do that so um, I used to have to make like a weekly goal at the sober facility I lived at and I often made my weekly goal to expand my 11th step and a lot of people would 
would joke with me like, yeah, yeah, right. That's what you're doing. That's just a cop out for your goal or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm actually doing that. And they're like, well, what are you doing? Like, tell us what you're doing then. And I, and I often went to this place where I lived in Portland, Maine called Back Bay. And I would go in the evening time because it's all lit up with all the lights and everything. And the water was there and it was real nice and calm. And I, and I would sit and meditate and be with myself and my higher power. And that's how I was expanding my 11th step. But I only learned how to sit and be with myself and my higher power by going to yoga and practicing mm-hmm. mindfulness and meditation. And... Um, I think as an addict, especially, you know, just speaking for me and myself, I like to live in the past or the future. It's very hard for me to live in the present. Um, and this practice is the only way I, I live in the present moment, really. Yeah. That's how I learned how to do living, it. You know, if we, we spend too much time in our past, we tend to be more depressed. And if we've fully immersed ourselves in the future, we're, we're anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the present is where we can really explore all of those concepts and we want to really be open to what the 12 steps has to offer these messages right and how how could you receive them mm-hmm. unless you're practicing this and it's a very compassionate practice you know yoga is not just about physically doing anything physical i mean if that could be you know acro- acrobatics for all that all that matter it's a lifestyle it's the movement. It is the, the postures. It's breathing. It's meditating. It's how we treat ourselves. It's how we treat others. We're going to talk more about the compassion aspect too of yoga um, right after this break. We'll be right back. Attorney Dave Akins has been practicing law for 23 years. He has successfully represented thousands of clients in cases ranging from multi-million dollar personal injury and medical malpractice claims to criminal cases to divorces. When I've needed legal guidance, I called Dave Akins. So should you. 570-714-4001. Archstone Recovery Center of the Palm Beaches provides addiction treatment centered within a small, personal, community-type setting. For nearly two decades, Archstone has helped thousands suffering from alcohol and chemical dependencies recover and regain control of their lives. Archstone's medical, clinical, and support staff provide the highest level of professional treatment and individualized care. Call Archstone Recovery Center at 855-899-2292. Since 1972, Clearbrook Treatment Center has been providing successful treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. Clearbrook's medical program provides round-the-clock care and treatment from a licensed and specialized medical team. Clearbrook's approach to addiction is largely based upon the proven practices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pastoral services are available to patients seeking spiritual guidance. Call Clearbrook today at 570-260-2600. Christmas isn't just for kids. WYLK Secret Santa is back. Listen for your chance to win our grand prize. His and hers Victorinox watches from Reiko Watch and Jewelry in Wilkesbury. A train set from Walters Hardware. An Oric vacuum from Oric Clean Home Center. Gift certificates for Muya Burger in Dixon City. And Monster Security in Scranton. Listen at 725 each morning for our Secret Santa of the day. Then listen for the Santa ho ho ho. Be the fifth caller, name the Secret Santa, and win on WYLK. Welcome back to Sharing Recovery, straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. 
and welcome back. Um, we're closing in on the hour. It's incredible how, how quickly this show went. Um, before the break, we were talking just briefly, we mentioned um, compassion. And I think compassion in recovery is something um, that we need to extend more to those in recovery. But also, I think those um, in recovery have to have self-compassion. And they have to have um, a piece that, that they're worthy and that they're much more than their disease. So, Gina, um, I know that you are, are you are very big on, on the compassion and the self-compassion. So if you'd like to expand on that a little, please. Absolutely. You know, we don't realize, um, and, and it does come come back to mindfulness and, and yoga because it's such a compassionate practice. Um, as as a whole, as a society, we're not very compassionate to ourselves or, you know, to and therefore to others. Um, but that is part of the lifestyle of yoga. Um, and even when we, we are compassionate, we're very stingy with it. We're compassionate to um, the people who make it easy for us to be that way, right? So that's where we get stuck um, in emotions that don't serve us a purpose, you know? Um, this is the, the art of being able to keep your good day, even though someone's having a bad day in your life and not get stuck there and drown there. And it determines you know, how you feel about yourself and, and the world around you. So there's that cognitive piece that comes in. You know, I had this experience, then I had a feeling, then I had this behavior, and I, and I got stuck there. And now I feel uncomfortable, so now I'm going to handle it with whatever I know to do, which is use, right? Mm -hmm. or, or whatever it might be. Um, so self-compassion is what we think. It's the thoughts we think the first thing we get up in the morning. Um, it's what we say to ourselves throughout the day. And a lot of people will flat out say, like, I would never talk to somebody the way that I talk to myself and how I treat myself. I'd never do it. I mean, I couldn't imagine doing that. Um, so, you know, through through meditating and creating a little bit of, of space for yourself to check in with yourself, you're really engaging in a compassionate practice to you. And it's really hard to say terrible things to yourself when you're doing something loving and kind for your mind and your body. Mm -hmm. and, and during the break, I brought up to Kelly because Kelly is sitting here as calm as any human being <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And I am 180 degrees opposite. My mind is racing. My thoughts are all yeah. over the board. And I'm quite envious of the fact that she's sitting here is so calm because I've never been that calm ever. And I just, Kelly, how do you do this? So it, it's definitely my yoga practice. Um, I think that when I was younger, I may not have been quite so calm. Um, things would make me very anxious, just like every human. Um, so, and I, I practice multiple times a day. So, and literally I'm constantly checking in just with my Just beyond breath. your studio and, and, and teaching, you practice your, I, in your own life. I'm constantly times. practicing, yes. Um, physically, I go early before my classes to practice. Um, sometimes stay late after my classes to practice with students. Um, but even outside of that, just like if this experience, I mean, you guys aren't making me nervous at all, but if you were, I would be just focusing on my breath and that's yoga to me. Um, so I think that that's an important thing for people to realize maybe a physical yoga practice is not, you know, accessible or an option for people, but there's, there's the meditative part and there's the breath and it, it's enough to keep you calm and to eliminate that anxiety or, you know, the racing thoughts in a million different directions. We can change, we can train our minds to not do that. Mm -hmm. 
right, now one more question before we run out of time. Do you think that there are leopard print leotards like you have on big enough for me somewhere? I, <laughs> if there's are, not, are there I think we should have you. My we size. should have them made for you if there's not. <laughs> All right. Now, so, and, and seriously on that note, though, if I want to come to yoga, I don't have to have a special pair of leotards, and I don't have to have special sneakers and a, no. a, a cool headband. No, I mean, I you can, don't even wear anything on your feet generally, so you want to be comfortable. But I can be comfortable in a pair of pants Absolutely. And, and a shirt. I don't have to. There's no special gear. It's not like going skiing and I have to go out and buy skis and boots and That's a helmet. That's what makes it so great. No, there's no special gear. Um, you generally Nothing. want a yoga mat. Most studios will have mats there that you can use or rent. Some of them rent them out. Um, or you can buy one for five bucks. I mean, it's not well, If I'm like, doing chair yoga, I don't need a mat, do I? Nope. You need a chair. You need a chair. <laughs> need a chair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's... Car, you look like you have something on your mind here. Yeah, just one last thing I want to mention. As a recovering person and coming into recovery and going through the recovery process, I didn't have a lot of self-respect. Um, I had done a lot of things in my addiction that I said I would never do, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to who are addicts or in recovery. And it breaks you down so far down that it, it, it appears as though there is no light. And slowly but surely you start seeing the light but then it's like well how do I even further that processing it closer to that light and um, for me it was practicing yoga it was allowing myself to forgive myself allowing myself to move forward and to uh, recognize that I'm a human and I make mistakes and that's okay and it's okay that's the biggest thing i love that um it's okay and you it's, don't have to numb right. it's okay whatever I, you're feeling good or not so good it's right. okay exactly and i don't have to live in fear that it's not okay i could just be in the moment and accept it for what it is and that's a huge part of my recovery because when i'm actively using i'm not okay and i'm not okay sitting with uncomfortable feelings i cover it up every which way I can and get as drunk or as high as possible. Um, now in recovery, I, I take more time and do some breathing as much as I can, and that helps me more. And what does that mean? Okay, so, so the breathing part. For those listening who are not familiar, what is the breathing and how could they begin by doing the breathing? I mean, here, you know, we don't breathe properly, you know, as a whole. You, you know, mean we actually breathe wrong? We do. We're shallow breathers. Or sometimes you ever be, you know, have you ever been reading an email and it's it's something that just is agitating to you, and all of a sudden you find I'm holding my breath while I'm doing this. Is that's just what we've learned to do. We don't take full breaths and, um, you know, deep inhales and exhales to start to regulate those stress hormones and put our bodies into a, a space where we're relaxed. So we're always panicking. We're always in that fight, flight, freeze space. And that affects our body. Our so mind and our body breathe? is intrinsically connected. So, how, yeah. you know, just to start, it's it's that, you know, to the count of four, you know, breathing in through your nose and visualizing it going from, you know, your upper, you know, your chest to your upper abdomen to your lower abdomen and then smoothly to the count of four, allowing it to come out. And that right there is where you're going to start to notice Things start to calm down, you know, your heart rate and, you know, your adrenaline and the cortisol that's getting pumped into your system um, to at least ground you enough to get out of react mode and more into a place where you can be more responsive. And breathing can be as or more effective than popping a Xanax. Oh, yes. 100% more yeah, effective. I mean, just the start of bringing your awareness to your breath. Um, is checking you in. You're pulling yourself into right now because you're you're just listening to your own breath. Um, 
but and our direct our breath is directly connected to our emotions. So I say mean, that again. Our Kelly. breath is directly connected to our emotions. So if you change your breath, you can change the emotion that you're feeling. Um, especially if you're talking anxiety. Um, there's different breathing techniques throughout a yoga practice. It's like a whole other division of yoga that's outside of a physical yoga practice that is just about breath. Um, and I know my, for myself, um, my youngest son has severe, severe anxiety and I uh, did not want to medicate him. Like it took me years and years and years and 500 doctors. Um, but one of the things that I would do with him, because he's young, is we have one breath called Ujjayi breath that we practice with within our physical practice. Um, and I would hold him really tight and I would start to engage in that breath. And it's a constriction of the back of your throat. So we do it naturally sometimes if we're like mad, like if someone pulls out in front of you and you're like, and your breath starts getting heavy and you tighten up in the back of your throat. Um, if you could train yourself to do that naturally under anxiety circumstances, um, like I do even with my child, he'll listen to my breath and then he'll start breathing with me and all of a sudden he's calming down. Um, so it's it's amazing, to, it's fascinating to me. I mean, it obviously works for me. I wouldn't be able to be out there trying to help other people utilize it if it didn't work for me personally, mm -hmm. so. Carly, where do you practice? Do you go to a studio? Do you practice at home? Where do you practice yoga? Yeah, I mean, I've been going to the uh, recovery yoga at Yoga West, and I found that it's been great. I've um, I went into it a little nervous because I hadn't been practicing for a while, but it's like just get into it and you see the um, benefits. So I've been doing that weekly. I recently went to restorative yoga, which I've never been to, which I went to at Yoga West, and that was amazing experience. I can't even put it into words. Um, it was like nothing else, and then. When I'm at home or when I'm at work, like I said, if I start feeling anxiety, I know it's time to take five minutes and just focus on my breath or listen to a meditative song or um, eat, just close my eyes and be in the moment. And so it happens everywhere for me, not just in the studio, but everywhere. This is great. Um, we are out of time. This hour went so quickly. I want to thank you all. We're going to thumbs down. We don't want this to be over. Um, what we are going to be doing is posting more information um, about recovery, um, uh, incorporating yoga in recovery. It's going to be on our Facebook site. And we just wanted to thank our guests. Thank you so much. This, thank you. This was awesome. And uh, we look forward to having you back so we could talk more about yoga in the recovery process. Thank you so much. I'm Suzanne Kelly, and we will We'll be back next week live here. Have a great week.